That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your Dr. Ruth hostess with the most is Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth. In I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood To lick it right, lick it good oh, Show you how to look God, that's good I wanna know what you eat from the streets to the sheets So open wide, honey I'm coming In your goosebumps <laughs> Hey there and welcome back, folks Once again, I'm your hostess with the mostest, Munoz And happy National Boston Cream Pie Day Yes, Boston Cream Pie Little known fact, it's one of my favorite desserts Ever Boston cream pie, Boston cream filled donuts, uh, you know, cream pies in general. Oop, and I, oop. <laughs> Dirtily enough, that relates to today's topic. But before we even get there, today in gay history, in 1965, after a series of demonstrations, this was the final East Coast homophile organizations, also known as ECHO, White House picket. Demonstrators felt with this event that picketing the White House had lost its effectiveness as a tactic. Hmm, interesting. I wonder why that is, because at least in my lifetime, I've seen the power of protesting. And most recently, we all saw Puerto Rico protest for weeks to get the mayor out and want change. So I would be really curious to talk to somebody who was alive and part of this whole protest and see why that decision was made and why they thought that wasn't being effective. But you know what? We always have to let our voices be heard. And so I'm sure it was done for a great reason. But on to today's topic. I am super excited because today on the podcast, I have Dr. Stephanie Zagragan, also known as Dr. Z. Dr. Z is a chiropractor and clinical nutritionist. She is the director of Lyme and Lotus Healing Arts Center in Charleston, South Carolina. Holla, Charleston. She is also an author and leading expert in health and balancing hormones naturally. Her private practice is centered on functional endocrinology, lifestyle modification, and whole food supplementation. Her expertise includes functionally evaluating thyroid, adrenals, male and female hormone imbalances, and digestion. Her mission is to empower people on how they can transform their lives and incorporate nutrition, supplements, and positive lifestyle choices. I know that was a lot. But I'm really, really excited for this pod because I've invited her on to talk about, you know, foods and herbs to keep our libidos healthy and to talk more about 
balancing our hormones and what that exactly and what that exactly means. You know what I mean, Burn? So without further ado, let's get her on the line. Hi Munoz, how are you doing today? Hey, how are you? I am doing fantastic and so excited for our topic today. Oh my goodness. Well, I am really, really excited because this is the first time, I think, even when I was with Marie back in the old days, um, that we've had an actual doctor on the pod. So welcome to Dr. Z. How are you? I'm I'm ecstatic and like <laughs> bursting at the seams. I've even been you know, I've been eating my oysters so I can stay Randy, <laughs> Randy for this episode and this topic. I love it. And I'm honored to be your first doctor. Thank you. So I've already let the kids know and the listeners know out there kind of your, you know, technical bio. But can you let us know, um, kind of in layman's terms, what it is that you do? Yeah, what I do is I look at my patients from a clinical and functional perspective, and I look for imbalances in their bodies. So if you're not feeling your best, uh, usually our body gives us signs and symptoms when we're not working at 100% function. And what that means is you might not have a disease or you know have th- things show up on labs yet, but you just know that you don't feel like yourself. And that's where I come in and maybe do some lab tests that are more functionally based as opposed to what the normal doctors might do and figure out what's out of balance. And my goal is to work with you from a natural perspective to balance it out so you feel your best and can live your best life. Wow. Wow. I, I may need you on speed dial after this. <laughs> because I feel like from the moment I get up to the moment I go to bed, I'm always, I'm just always, always going. And so I think that affects me kind of day in and day out about like feeling my best. So I may, I may just have to have you on speed dial from now on just to be like, so this is happening today. I have a pain right here. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And we might need to work on those adrenal glands a bit if you're going, going, going. And that's kind of one of our topics for today. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I think let's get into it. So today's topic, or at least for the most, uh, the most part are kind of like foods and herbs and things to kind of spice up that libido, keep it, keep it nice and healthy and keep us going, I guess, in and out of the bedroom, depending on where you're getting it done. (laughs) But do you think, and this is a, this is something I've always kind of wanted to know. Do you think that there's, or what's the percentage out there of people that like are having like low libido issues or uh, I, cause I feel like I'm not having a problem, you know, and my friends are certainly not having a problem. I feel like the world is you know what? I'm just going to say it. I feel like we live in a very horny world. So I, uh, I, I would agree. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but also I think it comes along with if you're feeling the same or if you're feeling your best about it. And if you feel good within yourself and in your body, that's a big piece of it. Um, in my clinical practice, I see a lot of women and it's a lot of times the women that are coming in um, for libido. So it's hard to say what percentage of the population, because I'm usually seeing the ones that want it fixed. <laughs> but there is a huge percentage of that population that either their libido isn't where they want it, they felt like it's gone down, they feel like uh, maybe their orgasms aren't as good as they used to be. And my job is to pull all that together to make everyone feel their best. Orgasms 
aren't where they used to be. Now, I'm a I'm a 38 year old male, and knock knock on all the wood in all the world <laughs> that like you know I'm I'm healthy <laughs> to say the least and to say the most. Um, does is that really a thing that like li- the libido is ever decreasing as we get older? Because I just feel like I'm going headstrong, and it's and it's getting more, um, it, you know, it's just fostering and, and I'm just getting more and more, you know, ready to go. I hear you. <laughs> I, I think that as we age in general, we become more comfortable with our bodies. We know what we want from our partners. So I think there's that, you know, place where we're comfortable and that might enhance that for you as we age. But also as we age, there are a lot of factors that come into play with our hormones, with aging, with our adrenal glands. And if those aren't where they need to be, the place you might see it come off first is going to be in your in your libido. Oh, all right. All right. All right. So how much now, it kind of in talking about like foods and things, I, I mentioned oysters, right? How much is that actually a thing out there or when I, I try to plow my date with chocolate and wine, like, <laughs> you know, for the few dates, for the right. few dates I can find, because let me tell you, maybe we should start at, how do you get them in the bedroom before? <laughs> <laughs> that could be a whole nother topic, Munoz. <laughs> <laughs> but th- there is, there is a lot of onus to that. What foods we eat, what herbs we can take to boost our enhancement to boost our libido. And it's not just that oysters create libido. It's it's almost what's in them that supports those systems. So if you are overworking yourself, or if you're stressed out, or if you have a high stress job or running around all the time and not taking time out for yourself, your adrenal glands are usually what's taxed the most. So your adrenal glands, they sit over the kidneys. They're in charge of all your stress hormones. They're also in charge of your blood sugar handling. So those of you that are out there getting hangry all the time, And your immune system is hugely intricate with your um, adrenal glands too. So the biggest challenge is as we age for men and women, you know, our ovaries, our testicles, we're going to start slowing down production of hormones in those areas. And the area that needs to pick up the most to create that production is the adrenal glands. So if your adrenal glands aren't strong enough when you're moving into menopause for ladies, or I like to call it menopause for men, um, it's going to be more challenging to have libido, to feel good, to have energy, to um, not want to fall asleep at your desk sometimes at work. So it's really bringing a balance to the body and into the endocrine system. So that's all the hormone system that will then enhance your libido. Okay. I think I'm hearing we need to focus on the adrenal gland. So what does that mean food-wise and how how am I going to keep, since I'm healthy and since I'm virile or whatnot to toot my own horn, um, <laughs> What what should I be eating or what does that mean for, I guess, people like me or just people in general? Yeah, what that means as far from a food perspective is trying to eat, you know, as least processed foods as possible. Sometimes I know that's difficult in today's society, but really eating clean meals. Um, the adrenal glands like a ton of protein, so high protein meals. Um, it also likes a lot of vitamin C, so incorporating more vitamin C foods into your diet. So it could be citrus. It could also be one of our aphrodisiac foods, which is strawberries. Um, that's high in vitamin C as well. So our mushrooms. Wait, I, so I just, I was just a couple of weeks ago at the New York Wine and Food Festival, and I had the most delicious strawberry vodka from our Bicky, 
from this company named Arbiki, where they grow the strawberries and the potatoes that they make the vodka from. Does that count? Um, did it make you horny afterwards? <laughs> well, it was vodka <laughs> and it was strawberry. <laughs> I don't know that the strawberry vodka is going to help as far as the I, uh, helping the adrenal glands. <laughs> I mean, I was running around that. I was running around Pier 97 backwards at that time, you know? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do we have video of this that we can, that we can see? Oh, oh, only certain people. Excellent. <laughs> certain people. Well, if you want me on speed dial, I'm going to need to see that video, sir. <laughs> I think I can make <laughs> make that happen. I'm sorry. So continue. So things like strawberries. Strawberries, the vitamin C foods, uh, your B vitamins. So all of your dark green vegetables are going to be fantastic. And selenium is a big one for the adrenal glands. Um, so, so selenium the, who? Selenium. Selenium. It's a mineral. Um. I it's think I know her. She performs Friday night down at the down at the gay bar, right? Yes, yes. She, she wears green. a purple wig. Yes, yes, that one. <laughs> <laughs> so it is a mineral, and the easiest way to get that in your diet is just by eating two Brazil nuts a day. You know those little nuts that look like footballs. Yeah. Two of those a day is your daily dose of selenium. Oh my goodness! Wait, are you are you kidding? Really? I'm not kidding. Wow. That's now I need Brazil nuts in the house. See, you need some more nuts in your life. Uh, Wow. I mean, (laughs) and speaking of nuts, I can't believe we're doing this on Boston cream pie day. I mean, I get the cream part, but why aren't we doing this on national nut day, which is October 22nd, you know, I think, I think I've met my match in you, Dr. Z, because (laughs) (laughs) listen, I'm just the squirrel trying to get a nut these days. And Unfortunately, it's just the way the cards landed that we're here on National Boston Cream Pie Day. I mean, we'll get into the cream part. <laughs> yes, very, very, very soon. This is, this is just all fascinating. And my brain is, is trying to process this all so quickly. So fine, we fixed the adrenals. What other hormones kind of come into play? And is it only hormones or is it also kind of mental state and brain brain function that's also affecting libido and absolutely absolutely you know sex drive it's hormones it's mental status it's how you feel about yourself and interestingly interestingly enough like our hormone system there are bits in our brain that control that too so you have glands like your hypothalamus and your pituitary gland that can help control what's going on in your testicles and your ovaries and in your adrenal gland so it's really all connected so you can't take one piece of the pie out or yeah, Boston Cream Pie Day. Yeah. <laughs> Can't take one piece, of, one piece of the pie out and think it's all going to work together. So even you know the symptom might be libido. The challenge might be in your brain, or it might be in the adrenals, or it might be in the thyroid gland. Even so, it's really figuring out you know if, if it is a big challenge for you, where is the root cause of that particular issue and fixing it from there. Wow! 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 And so. Are we, are we just eating our way through this to fix all these problems? Well, the eating part can't hurt. So the foods that you eat, the herbs that you take, um, they're not things that are going to hurt in the long run. So I would say start with the foods, see how you feel. And then if you need more professional help, then of course, reach out to someone that can maybe do a hormone panel on you and actually figure out what is going on with the hormones to then balance it specifically for you. I, I really... I. I want to come in. I want to fly down. <laughs> I want to fly down to South Carolina and I want to know all the things. All well, the good the news is you don't have to fly. I see patients virtually as well. So we can oh. even do something like this over the phone. Wow. What? Wait a minute. Hold on. Right? I'm going to let people know how to contact you towards the end of the pod. This is crazy. Yeah. So talk to me about, well, no, number one, 
I'm a compulsory eater here. So I'm forever shoving things in my mouth. Once again, in and out of the bedroom. Does that affect kind of, or can that affect hormone balance and state of mind and whatnot? Absolutely. You know, if you've got blood sugar imbalances, that's going to affect your ability to produce some hormones sometimes that, and then that can then affect your libido. It can affect, you know, if you're a woman having a menstrual cycle still, it might affect your period. So there's so many different things that can be affected with food. It's crazy because I'll put patients on dietary game plans. And when they follow what I say, they're like, oh my God, I feel awesome that I'm feeling, I have more energy. I'm sleeping better. I've lost some weight, you know, libido's back up. And they're like, well, when I don't do what I tell you, it all goes to shit. (laughs) And I say, well, just do what I say. (laughs) If it were only that easy, if it were only that easy, because sometimes uh, I work, I have about 15 different jobs. And sometimes I moonlight these days as a cater waiter. And so there's all these just delicious hors d'oeuvres that I'm just throwing in my mouth and I just can't stop. I just can't stop. Well, um, the, good, the good news is we do have some easy buttons in the form of herbs and supplements and those types of things. So your diet doesn't necessarily have to be perfect, um, but we can still get a lot of results with some other tools that we have in the toolbox. So wait, um, talking about herbs and supplements. Now that my mind goes to immediately pills, and I hate pills. I, I, I just hate pills. I don't like taking pills. How is, is it better just, are the quick fix pills, I should say, just easy? And are they giving you as much nutrients as maybe just finding those in natural foods? That's a great question. And here's my answer. I always want my patients to eat first. So I'll tell you what foods to eat, just like we've kind of talked about. And if you say, I hate those foods, I'm not going to eat those foods. Um, I can't eat enough of what you want because the challenge is once your body's out of balance, we can't just maybe eat like you would for a maintenance type plan. You have to eat therapeutically to really fix stuff. So that might be a little bit much. So that's where supplements might come in to fill in those gaps. Now, when we look at supplements, there's a huge range of supplements out there. There's a lot of not so good ones, in my opinion. Um, The supplements that I personally use in practice are all made from food. So they take the foods, they dehydrate them, put them in tablets, and then you get what was in the food. So therefore, you're getting exactly as you would have eaten the foods and not having missing bits and parts. Wow. Yeah, because one of my best friends was taking, and I actually know now that I'm thinking about it, a lot of people who are just popping supplements and all sorts of pills, and they have the, the pill box with like 40 pills a day that they're taking. And one of my friends out there was like, I really want to stop taking these pills and went online to kind of find or to find those, the pills that he was taking in natural food. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden miso came in and um, lots of for probiotics and mm-hmm. yogurts and, and things like that. And so I find that really, really super interesting. I, I have a serious rosacea seborrheic dermatitis issue. And one of my friends informed me, and everyone makes fun of me about this because I can't stop talking about it. One of my friends told me about celery juice, Mm -hmm. this whole celery juice craze that there's been a lot of, you know, back and forth about. And so I said to myself, well, if I'm going to have celery juice, I'm also going to add fresh turmeric to it because I box and I was having a, um, a bit of joint pain. So a little bit of anti-inflammatory. Before I knew it, it cleared up my entire face and I was glowing, just oh, glowing. Okay. My skin was glowing. I'm off the pills. I'm off the creams. And so 
that's really kind of a testament to what you're saying here in this kind of finding this natural way. And I've noticed the minute I've stopped because I haven't, I've gotten so busy and it's a little time consuming to make um, that the minute I stop is the minute my face goes straight to hell. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, and that's just a testament to how well food really works. You know, we, we may not sometimes, you know, you really saw the change real quick because it was on your face, but sometimes we don't see or feel necessarily food changes. They're slow over time. So it's not like a drug where you put a drug in your system and you snap your fingers and, Oh, my headache's gone. You know, these are more things that build up in the system and really create longevity, vitality, et cetera. And also if you don't have time to juice, colonstonia root and horse chestnut are going to be your new best friends. Wait, Huh? <laughs> I, I love I love it when you talk dirty to me. <laughs> I know this other girl speaks fast. If you can believe it. <laughs> or rewind and uh, let's go back. What root and who? Colonsonia root. Colonsonia root. What is colonsonia root? It is a food that helps with microvascularization for the face. So that's what I use with patients with rosacea and those types of issues. Yes. And what was the other one? Horse chestnut. Horse chestnut. That was my nickname in high school. I bet it was. <laughs> and what does horse chestnut do? It's another microvascularization herb. So not only will it help you with your face, it's going to help you in the bedroom. How so? Because it helps dilate blood vessels and blood flow. So you know uh, what that means. Oh, uh, well, you know what? Well, what does it mean? And he's going to keep Munez up a little longer. <laughs> um, yes. Not that I, well, all right. Let's talk about that, actually. Because now I'm really, really, because <laughs> now I'm really, really curious. I always say there's two things you can't talk to men about. One is their dicks and the other one is their hair, right? Because it's just very, very personal. And yes. let me tell you, um, I had to have one of my best friends take me on vacation and get me drunk and be like, boo. You're losing your hair. It looks great. You're not at like the comb over point, but let's why, why don't we get rid of this before it looks bad, you know? And so much like that, I've been um, in the past, I've kind of dated a bunch of men with ED issues. Um, like yeah. And where does that come from? And, and how do you even approach that and fix that, you know? Yeah, there's a couple reasons, I think, why we have these issues. Well, one, um, men are becoming more estrogen dominant, where they have more estrogen than testosterone in their body, just from all of the chemicals in our environment, all the um, meat they're eating with hormones in them. I mean, it's bad. I mean, women have it too, but we're, we have estrogen, but we're just getting more of it. And guys, they're getting a lot of estrogen too. So I think there's that imbalance between estrogen dominance that creates um, hormone imbalances in the adrenals. It creates hormone and insulin imbalances in the in the blood sugar handling so that can be one piece of the puzzle i think the easiest piece of the puzzle that people will say right now hey is this my problem or not is taking statin drugs so those are drugs that lower cholesterol um because one of the biggest challenges is you need enough cholesterol to make your hormones so if you're lowering your cholesterol levels you may not have enough to make your hormones Wait, people are taking drugs to lower their cholesterol knowingly or unknowingly? No, like if you go to the doctor and the doctor says your cholesterol's high, take this drug. Oh, oh, so you oh, know, okay. You know yeah, yeah. Yeah. I if got you. I got you. I I just wanted to clarify that just from my own brain. 
the, to be like, wait a minute, is this, are we talking supplements? Are we talking like just daily drugs that people are on that don't know that, they, that they're lowering yeah, their cholesterol? These are a prescription drug. This would be, this would yes. be a prescription drug. You know you're that, on it. Okay. It's, you so, know, definitely lowering your blood, your blood cholesterol. Oh, okay. And so... So maybe that should be your check sheet when you date people. Maybe you give them a hand out and they have to fill out if they're on statins or not. And if it's if they are, they're like, mm, I'm gonna pass. Thanks. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass because this I'm is pass on this one. Yeah, I know this is not gonna be a really great time. And so then, <laughs> how does that apply to women then? Because I'm assuming, obviously, we know out there in the world there are more drugs to fix men and their dick problems than there are for women and birth control, and that's that's a whole. Yes. Societal issue. But I'm sure there are women out there, you know, uh, not even talking about my lesbian sisters, my queer sisters out there, but just all women in general that are dealing with this issue as well, right? Absolutely. Whether you're male or female, if you're taking a statin drug, that's going to lower your cholesterol and lower, potentially lower your ability to make your male or female hormones, whatever it is you need to be making. And what if you're not taking statin drugs, though? What if you're just, you know, can't get it up? Well, that's, that's might be something else, but uh, you know, one of the main causes I think is people on statin drugs. Cause that's something that you could look at or work on or, or change relatively quickly to see if it makes a change. Because what we find what I've seen clinically is men that are on statin drugs for a while. Well, now they can't get it up and then they do their lab work and they have low, what they call low T now, low testosterone. Uh-huh. And to me, if you just know how the hormones work, it makes sense because you're depressing your, the precursors to make your hormones. So then they go ahead and put men on synthetic testosterone, which when we look at the research for that, it's not very good um, a lot of times. Um, well, the, the, that was my next outcomes. question about like taking synthetic t- testosterone, yeah. not only for your hair, but for everything else. Yeah. My goal is I'd much rather boost it naturally in patients because the biggest challenge is if they don't dose you correctly with testosterone, you are going to downconvert that to estrogen. Oh, Oh. oh, yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> now it's oh, tricky. I, yes. And then I wouldn't need that breastplate, right? Yeah. Then <laughs> for, you're going to have some my... man boobs and, you know, we're bringing all that to the plate. <laughs> you know, well, I could use a peck, but not a boob. There we go. <laughs> so that's the biggest challenge too with, with once we start playing that game of, of taking synthetic hormones from the outside in. Are there foods that like kind of produce testosterone and or estrogen? There's not specific foods that will produce testosterone per se. Um, the big thing is is feeding and fueling your that adrenal gland system, that whole endocrine system. Because if you have enough cholesterol, if you have enough support from the adrenal glands and the other testicles and everything else, then you're going to be able to make that. You know, um, things like zinc. You know, we need enough zinc for not only our immune system but also for sperm production. Um, and you know, for the ED. So that's always one thing that I do give my guys for erectile dysfunction is we make sure they're doing enough zinc and those kind of foods. Um, once again, sperm production, am I, I'm like exploding (laughs) here. My mind is just like, (laughs) let's talk about sperm production for a minute. Excellent. Granted, not that we need more, uh, more like semen quote, uh, coating the walls (laughs) out there, but um, I (laughs) recently, This is where your oysters come in, by the way. <laughs> I love. I also love that you said, "Lord have mercy," in your mouth, listeners. Before, but I had a powwow with Dr. Z about this, and one of my favorite things about Dr. Z was that she's like, "Oh my God, I'm so excited to curse because usually my 
my interviews are very, you know, very medical and very proper. And then I get a Lord have mercy out of you. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> um, uh, well, that's the southern, that's the south in you, honey. Um, one of my friends just had a very uh, small bout with testicular cancer. And one of his main concerns, well, not main concerns, because that's a whole thing about like losing a testicle and, yeah. and you know, what's the social implications. And then on top of that, being a gay man and whatnot. But one of the concerns was about sperm production because, you know, he goes, it was like a circus trick. And is this going to, Mm -hmm. is this going to affect that? What makes people shooters and not shooters? (laughs) Like why, why is that a thing? I think that's probably more along the lines of vascularization support. Um, so you can eat things and there's certain foods that will help with sperm productions. You know, when I'm dealing with infertility issues, I'm looking at sperm motility and morphology, meaning what do the little spermies look like under a microscope. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of things that we can do to enhance that if people are infertile or trying to get pregnant and that kind of stuff. But from a, I guess, squirter perspective, <laughs> uh, it'd be doing things that are going to be more in line with helping microvascularization. So I would imagine it'd be interesting to do a study if the squirters are not taking statins now that we brought that up. Yeah, I mean he's he's completely healthy um, now. Thank yeah. thank heavens, you know. And he's not on statins or anything like that. You know, he takes his supplements. He he eats healthy for as much as I know. You know, mm-hmm. so that's yeah. interesting. Now uh, on the same on the same track here, I know a lot of ladies that are obsessed with female ejaculation. Mm-hmm. Can we talk? Can we talk about it? We can talk about that too. Can we talk about that and like kind of how that happens? Because that's something I just, I don't understand. I don't understand it. And I think a lot of the ladies out there actually don't understand either and understanding their bodies. Is that kind of the same thing within men and women or is it a completely different ballpark here? Um, it's a little bit different. I think for females, it's going to be more on intensity for them and comfort level. Cause for ladies, we generally need to be comfortable in our surroundings. And I think that's going to happen the more comfortable the woman is. And also how well she's been exercising those muscles. (laughs) So by doing Kegels, by doing, um, some exercises that can help. I don't know clinically if there's anything that you could take as a woman that would enhance that if that's what you're looking for. Um, but it would be more along the lines of your comfort level. Um, if you have a partner that can really help you orgasm and the, the musculature and the little exercises. Wow. 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 Yeah. I, I found very, very recently in my life that all the ladies in my life, this is a hot topic. This is a, a really, really big hot topic. So you're welcome, ladies out there, for those of you that are listening. Hopefully, is that, this is... Is that a New York thing? Because here in the South, I, people, we don't talk about that kind of stuff here very well, often. So I mean... It's, it's definitely different. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to well, me, it was like a unicorn if you were a woman down here and you could do that. Well, I mean... I I recently found out it's it's a thing. It's a, it's just the thing out here and people are learning how to do it. I I didn't know that was something that was teachable. I, I didn't either. Maybe I, I could teach a course. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. You know what? We'll get together. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll market I'm it. I'm coming to New York. I'm coming to New York. We're going to hang out. <laughs> please, please do. Well, I still I can't say it enough that I'm blown away by this conversation and 
I kind of want to introduce you to a little bit of food news update because I just don't want to take away from too too much of this conversation. But I found two really uh, fascinating articles here. And folks out there, I'm not even going to try to do the whole food news update intro and things. I just want to plow through this. So apparently, according to Delish.com, uh, police are warning parents to check their Halloween candy this year because um, they did a big edibles bust. Edibles meaning uh, candy that has marijuana in it. Um, so they did a big edibles bust in Pennsylvania. And this kind of reminds me of when we were young about searching the candy for like razor blades or syringes in it. Thoughts, Dr. Z, on checking your candy and uh, edibles, you know, marijuana edibles. Yes, I saw that too. And really interesting. Who the hell is giving away edibles? That shit's expensive. Like right? since children. That was my first thought. <laughs> like who is rich enough to do this? Number one. And um, or, two, maybe or maybe they're too stoned to realize that they're just like, they've mixed up their Skittles and their and their nerds packets, you know? The Skittles with an S and the Skittles with a Z. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait one minute, madam. Um, I, I don't know if you all caught that, but I did. And I appreciated that greatly. You are welcome on the pod anytime. <laughs> Continue. Number two. <laughs> Number two is I think that even with our time, that just might have been an opportunity for our parents to steal our shit and uh-huh. take our candy. I got to uh-huh. check this first. Yeah, And all right? my Baby Ruths were gone. Um, what's your favorite candy out there? Baby Ruth. Ba- just Baby Ruth? No, nothing else? I like things with nuts in them. Okay. You and me both. You and me both. So if I had uh- to choose candy, I don't eat candy too often, but as a kid, my favorites were Snickers... Baby Ruth's, those types of things. A lot of chocolate. Chocolate's said to be kind of a libido booster. Yeah, It is. Um, and, and not necessarily libido boosting, but the chemicals in chocolate help relax you and make you just feel relaxed and good. So it kind of brings that sense of well-being. Like, you're like, all right, we can do this. Oh, all right, all right, all right. And marijuana, have you, have you experienced like hormone effects or like effects within the body, like either negatively or positively with like THC and CBD, because as we know, CBD is everywhere now and state by state, little by little, you know, we're getting all of this legalized. Yeah. We, I don't necessarily have enough clinical information to talk about THC with hormones because that Uh doesn't come up too, too often with my patients, but um, CBD does. I've got a number of patients. I use CBD in my office with them. I'm really particular about kind of what I use and how the extraction is created to make sure that I'm getting them a high quality product. So if you're doing a high quality CBD oil and in some therapeutic doses, you know, like that 10 to 20 milligrams per day, you know, per dose, um, it really does help. I've got a lot of patients in pain. So we've got pain tolerance down. So of course, if you're in pain, your body only has so much energy in a day. So you're not going to feel sexy coming home when, you know, your back hurts, you know, you're not going to want to, you know, make love to your partner at at that point sometimes. So if we can decrease pain, if we can decrease inflammation, and then also, you know, for a lot of my women, when their hormones are imbalanced, they get a lot of depression, they get a lot of anxiety. And we've been able to work with my patients prescribing doctors to sometimes come off their antidepressants and put them on a good quality CBD oil instead. So once you're not feeling anxious, once you're feeling pretty good and comfortable with your body, 
um, then those, those hormones start to flow in and then you get a little juicy. Well, yes, juicy. Yes. Um, I have a friend in San Francisco who makes, um, what we call weed salve, you know, mm-hmm. it's just the balm for your aches and pains. And I recently gave some, not only to my mother, but to my friend's mother who have a lot of like foot and ankle pain. And I'm thinking it's kind of a circulation issue mm-hmm. of things. And they've both my mom and his mom rave about it. They're, they both say it's the only thing that works it's it's really, really helped with the pain and the swelling and whatnot. And it's not like it makes you high. So I'm really, I was just really fascinated about like kind of how this works and, and that actually really, really does work for some people. Yeah. And, and I, I'm a clinical case for that too. I have an old knee injury and I'm very skeptical of anything new. So I was at a clinical nutrition conference and there was a vendor there that they had the creams and all the oils and, um, I said, I want to try this on my knee. And I said, I'm, I'm taking this bottle and I'm going to the, they said, oh, here, you know, you can put it here. I'm like, no, no, I'm taking this the bottle to the bathroom so I can take off my pants and put this on. <laughs> I'm like, I'll bring it back. I promise. If I had a dime for every time I took off my pants in a bathroom. <laughs> I, I bet. <laughs> so went to the bathroom, put the cream on my, my knee, then brought them the bottle back, of course, and went back to sit in class. And literally within 15 minutes of sitting there in that classroom, my, like, it just felt really inflamed. And even though it's not, you know, this is an old injury, but almost immediately I felt a difference. So I went back, of course, and I said, I need your stuff in my office. And that's how, how that happened. So I've used it personally myself and I've seen the differences too. Um, it's really helpful for a lot of people. Wow. 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 Well, I personally know that the THC boosts my libido even further, but that's another story for another time. (laughs) Yeah. I think the THC can do either or. I know for some people it's going to enhance it for others. It kind of depresses it too. So it just depends on, on you and yeah, yeah, and I you. guess I guess the strain, whether it's like sativa or indica, and yeah. I guess I guess that gets really really complicated in the long run, right? Yes. On to this next topic, though. Once again, according to Delish.com, a woman said drinking liquid nitrogen caused her to need her gallbladder removed. Did you see this article? And <laughs> and what about it? Because you know, there's a lot of gastronomy happening in food these days, especially with liquid nitrogen, ice creams, and things. I don't buy that that made her lose her gallbladder. Now, did it, you know, wreck her esophagus and maybe cause some scar tissue and stuff in the stomach? Yes. Gallbladder stuff takes a while to happen. And it, there's no like direct connection from the gallbladder to the stomach esophagus. So I'm not buying that one. I think her gallbladder is probably already junked up to begin with. Now it may have enhanced the need to take it out a little bit quicker, but I'm not buying that one. But once again, <laughs> you still shouldn't be drinking liquid nitrogen. So right there, <laughs> there's an issue. Are we, are we calling insurance fraud allegedly? Alleged. Alleged. Allegedly. <laughs> No, no one needs the law to come after us for sure. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks for uh, having a little bit of fun with food news update uh, with me. No that problem. was, well, that is my favorite part of the pod. And from what I know from my listeners, their favorite part of the pod. So I didn't want to deny them that. Back to foods that raise your libido. Let's have a little fun here and like go through this list of, you know, just weird foods that people say, you know, boost the libido. What I found was walnuts. Why walnuts or asparagus? 
Why asparagus? Because asparagus looks like a penis. <laughs> real, real. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really interesting because when we look at different foods and how they look, um, there is something to that on what body parts they fix. You know, like tomatoes, they look like hearts. They help support the heart. Um, here's your red wine. Red wine, blood, supports the blood. Celery, bones, because that's, and I guess your face. Um, avocados look like a uterus when you cut it open. So it supports the uterus. Same thing. Asparagus looks like a dick. So it's going to help support that. Um, is that, is that real? <laughs> it's that all really about the thing? nutrients in there. Wow. Okay. So, so asparagus, bananas, you know, we've got a couple. Oysters look like lady bits. So guys like to eat those. There we go. Well, I, I love to eat oysters. I don't, uh, I'm not so fond of lady bits. Not that I've ever had any, but I don't know. Something about me just is like, I support the lady bits. Though. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole story with oysters was back in the 1800s that, you know, you've heard of Casanova, that legendary uh-huh. lover of everyone's. Um, it was said that he ate raw oysters every single morning to improve his libido. And because there's such a high amount of zinc in oysters, that's going to help increase testosterone and help increase sperm production and also boost the immune system. Wow. Now, what about things like horny goat weed or do you know uh, what wasn't like spanish fly really popular back in the day that was a beetle right yeah i don't i don't remember <laughs> about those too much i mean i remember hearing about them but not researching or studying those guys um but what we can talk about is chili peppers that's a fun one um, chili peppers yes. yeah what so about that's since we're talking about spicing it up we can yeah. literally spice it up with peppers but so um chili peppers have capsaicin in them which that's what is the part that makes the tingling on your tongue or makes you sweat when you're eating those foods. But that also stimulates um, the production of epinephrine and adrenaline in your system, which gets you more like, ooh, in the mood. Like you're like, all right, let's do this. Wow. 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 Um, Is that the same for like nutmeg and cinnamon? Generally not. There's not not capsaicin in those. So for those particular foods. Um, That's that on now. this random list from E! Online that I found. Nutmeg <laughs> and cinnamon, right, are used across different cultures as an aphrodisiac. Hmm. Um, also on the list is watermelon. Yes. Why Citru- watermelon? Citrulline, um, an amino acid that's in there, helps with uh, microvascularization. But the challenge with watermelon, though, is that citrulline, that amino acid, is generally found highest in the rind of the watermelon. So you'd have to eat a lot of watermelon or eat some rind, which most of us probably aren't doing. I mean, I, well then I guess you could juice the whole watermelon, right? Do you yeah. Ju- yeah. And then you'll get the rind in there. There you go. I, but usually like when you think of foods like that, the rinds are pretty bitter. So yeah. that might be, I don't know. I would have to try that one. Do you cook a lot? I do. Do you? Um, what kind as of foods? Are, are you, are you, are you a big Southern girl? Like traditional? Are you, uh, am I getting a lot of a lot of good Southern cooking out of you? No, you're getting a lot of Italian. Really? I, I love cooking Italian, Indian, um, Thai food. Having oh, it into more. I love so. that. I but love usually that. my my meals since I'm single these days. Um, I know the feeling, girl. Don't uh, you worry. It's all right. It's all right. We're still searching. We're still trying to find our one. <laughs> but being a single lady, just by myself, um, I love to cook, but generally tend to do more simple meals when I'm by myself. But like if I have um, someone coming over for a date or if I have a, maybe a dinner party, like I go all out elaborate dishes and just, you know, that's what I love to do. I love to entertain. That's great. Yeah. You and me both. Um, now that it's getting colder, 
these days, I'm I tend to lean more towards soups and stews. Mm-hmm. I too. call it, I call it my soups and stews diet because it's hearty and satisfying, but it, you won't gain the winter weight. Exactly, I love those too. And I'm such a foodie that I don't, and I'm such a purist almost sometimes in what I eat. I don't want to eat other chemicals, so I'd much rather make it myself. You know, if I'm getting a sweet tooth for something, I won't go out and buy cookies. I'll just I'll make some like gluten-free cookies myself and eat them. Are you gluten-free? Not always, most of the time. So if you take me to a nice Italian restaurant on a date and there's some of that good Italian bread, I'm probably going to eat a piece or two. But most of the time I I am gluten-free. What is our obsession with bread? Bread is so good. It is. It's delightful. Right. Bread. So many many people have reactions to it though. That's the biggest challenge. So the way that I deal with that is just don't eat it all the time. Yeah. um, uh, Two things I don't think I could ever live without bread and rice. I love rice. And maybe it's just because I'm Puerto Rican and I grew up just Ah. very, very rice heavy. There's nothing like some really, really, really good rice. There's just something about it, you know? See, I didn't get much rice growing up. We were always meat, potato, canned vegetable. So I'm more of a potato girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, The last one on this list I want to talk about, because you hear a lot about soy, and especially for women, how it's not in large amounts, it's not really good for, but apparently it's on this list of aphrodisiacs. Any thoughts, any feelings about soy? It's probably on that list, maybe for your postmenopausal women, because it is a phytoestrogen, meaning that it is a food that has estrogen in it. So mm-hmm. for a lot of women, um, once they hit menopause, their estrogens can go down or, or their estrogens might not be as high as they want them to be. So that's probably why that's on the list. But when we look at soy just as a food and how we've kind of screwed it up here in our in our country, you know, in all these other countries, they're doing miso, they're doing temp, they're doing tofu, they get the, the fermented versions of these foods where here in America, we bastardized it and we we take out soy protein and just throw that in there to make everything cheap and easy or, or you know, more vegetarian. And that's what we really have a hard time digesting. Um, that's kind of what comes in and messes our, our body up. And, and if you are listening and you have a thyroid problem, I would definitely avoid soy. Wow. 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 This has been quite the journey you've taken me on and all the listeners out there. I'm, I have a lot to process. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you and I are going to have a whole a whole nother conversation off the pod, just about, just about my life and what I'm going through. I really, really, really can't thank you enough for being on the pod today and sharing your wealth of knowledge, your beauty, your, your just expertise of just all things kind of hormonal and nutrition. Um, it's, it's been so educational. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun, and I feel like we could definitely dive into some more topics a little bit um, deeper. <laughs> uh, as always, I'd like to put this caveat out there. Before you go try anything you've heard, you know, go, go consult somebody, go talk to somebody, go, you know, the professionals in your life. You know, we want you to be safe and healthy out there, of course. I'm sure Dr. Z would agree with me. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, let let the kids know where they can find you because they need to find you. <laughs> Uh, easiest way is to find me via my website. Um, it's drzagragan.com. So that's D-R-Z-G-R-A-G-G-E-N.com. And I'm on all the social medias on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. What are those? Hand- are, are all those handles the same? Just at Dr. Dr. Zagragan. Okay, great. And I certainly will link that out on in-yo-mouth.com. And as always, 
on at India Mousepod on Twitter and Instagram. You'll see it everywhere, folks. You'll see it everywhere. Once again, a huge, huge, huge thank you to Dr. Z. Today was so much fun. Um, I may have to go back and listen to this episode about three or four times myself. (laughs) And once again, as always, thank you all out there for listening to In Yo Mouth.